0: Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. We continue on. And uh, if you are enjoying your uh, day, well, maybe you are looking at the brighter side of things. Who knows? Who knows? By the way, and I wanted to do this. uh, I went during the break, um, uh, only for the fact that I got an email here. And I want to read it to you. Uh, And welcome in, by the way, everybody on the network. And if you missed the first hour of the show and the fieriness, then you're going to have to go back and listen to it. um, Because it just, I don't want to get all fired up again. I'll blow a blood vessel. Tom says, there's an adjusted completion percentage stat. I'm not sure where J-Love is statistically, but I believe even with the adjusted stat, he is near the bottom of the league. That's T-Dub in Tulsa. So if you go with the adjusted stat, okay, if you go with the average amount of drops, which right now sits at 10. Okay, your average in the league for quarterbacks that have started more than three games or more would be 10 drops. Okay, right now Jordan Love has 14 to his name. If you adjusted that completion percentage and gave him the four additional receptions, he would still be at 60% completion percentage. For guys, for, for players in the league, that are 60%, he would be a notch above Blaine Gabbert and right behind Kenny Pickett. Okay, he would be a notch above Blaine Gabbert right behind Kenny Pickett. which uh, And then you remove anybody with two games of uh, quarterback play or less, which eliminates four additional quarterbacks. Uh, So if he's right behind Kenny Pickett, he would be sitting at 37th in the National Football League for all the quarterbacks that have played at least three games or more. 37th in completion percentage. If you give him the drops, if you give him to the average number of drops, which is 10, that's where he would be. So it would bring him up above the 60 mark, 60 point like five or something like that. but he still would not be up around 63, 64, 65. would not happen. Uh, When you talk about completion percentage in the National Football League, uh, Lamar Jackson, 71.5. Josh Allen, 71.3. Dak Prescott, 70.2, which is amazing. Kirk Cousins, before he went down, he had eight games under his belt, 69.5%. Tua at 69.4. Jalen or 68.9. Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy, Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones was 67.5, as bad as he was this season. A lot of checkdowns there, though. Uh, Then it's Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow at 66.9. Joe Burrow's been steadily on the rise, although this game against the Houston Texans dropped his number a little bit. Mike White, who had only two games, does not count in that group. So um, just an FYI, Uh, you've got Russell Wilson, 66.2, and it goes on from there, and it goes down and down. Jimmy Garoppolo with six games under his belt was still 65.5%. Geno Smith, 65.2. Am I making my point? Mac Jones is 64.8. Gardner Minshew with eight games, sixty-three point six. Joshua Dobbs, he's now the quarterback for Minnesota. He's played in nine games this year, sixty-three point two. Then you go from there. So that's where he would be. All those quarterbacks would rank higher than Jordan Love, even with the adjusted numbers. Just so you know. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven. 1670. Bottom of the hour, Eric Brancheck of the Green Bay Press Gazette is going to join us. Um, and we'll talk with him about what he saw yesterday. And again, I, I, I saw good in the beginning, and then I, they kind of flip flopped halves, really. You saw some good in the beginning, they were off to a smoking start, and you're like, wow, this is impressive. It looks like you give a little kudos to Matt LaFleur because they came ready to play. They came like they were on a mission to, to snap that streak. And then it just slowly ground back to what we've seen. And in the fourth quarter, when you, again, you needed it. No, wasn't going to happen. Wasn't going to happen. So, uh 867 1670 uh quarterback Matt says, uh being a realist about this team is not being a Fairweather fan, Bill uh never stop keeping it real. Uh Isaac says they flipped the first and the fourth quarters. True. Uh Brian says on a mission. Did you watch how the defense started the game? Yeah. I'm talking more offensively at this point, Brian. They came out like they were ready to play. The defense, no, I agree with you. they That opening drive by Pittsburgh, they went right down the field and scored. I'm talking more about offense at this point. We're talking more about scoring and flipping the halves. But again, you know, you can yell about the defense all you want, but if you're not going to score over 20 points a game offensively, not going to happen. Doesn't matter.
1: I think you make a good point, Bill, about everyone that wants to celebrate today. And I think there are lots of positives, but you're right when you say they basically did just flip halves. They look a lot better in yeah. the first half, but the second half yep. they weren't great. And on the defense, I-, I think the one you know complaint, yeah, they only gave up 23, but you know how many times have we seen a team rush for 200 yards? Two
0: hundred yards. That I was, just was gonna say that. the situation again yesterday. Yep. you are correct. They've given up 211 yards twice this season, and now they gave up 200 yards plus again yesterday. Rushing the football. Just, and yesterday was a, a myriad of fundamentally unsound defensive play. And by that I mean, who in the hell taught them to tackle this week? I, they just, they, they had so I counted 12 missed tackles, but I could be off by a couple. But I started watching it again this morning. It was just like, oh God. One, two, two. There's like two and three missed tackles on a couple of plays. So I, I agree with you. Uh Wolfman says, uh, who are your favorite three players on this team that have two or less years of experience? Mine are Wicks, Reed, and Walker. Uh, that's a great question. That's a that's a really good question. Um, Hmm. If I had to and oh boy. that have two or less years of experience. I like I really like Jaden Reed. Um I I the jury is out on Quay Walker. He has Quay Walker has all the intangibles. I mean, obviously a good pedigree all the intangibles to be just really a, a top-notch player. And I hope he continues to excel much like, much like Rashawn Gary did. Um, and it does take defenders just to, you know, just a little bit longer, just because they have to learn their moves. They have to, you know, kind of figure out what's coming at them. Um, but another guy that I would have to say who I really am encouraged by, I would probably say Luke Musgrave. And I know some people roll their eyes at that, but I, I just, I see something in that guy. I can't, I, I can't put my finger on it, but just the guy, the way the guy works. And he, he, when I talk about that dog mentality, I think he's got that. I love to watch him work. If you just focus on him, watch him on the line of scrimmage, he needs to learn a, bit, a little bit better blocking, that's for sure. But he's got that dog mentality because he just – he he goes – he's going to learn. He's going to learn the pace of the game. You don't have to go 100 miles an hour everywhere you go. There, there's a pace to this and a work to this, and a, and a move, and a, and, a, and a groove to this. So
1: Another young uh, player that
2: was okay yesterday, Zach
1: Tom, did pretty darn well yeah. against T.J. Watt. Yep. He was on an island most of the day. T.J. Watt made a couple yeah. plays, but Zach Tom was pretty good.
0: Pretty good, and uh, then at the very end of the game, <laughs> he laid out the, uh, the defender into the coach, and the coach goes down, and the teams uh, end up uh, getting into a little kerfuffle. And that's the way the game ended. It went from being a "Hey, we're gonna beat the hell out of you." No, we're gonna beat the hell out of you. To "Hey, the game's over. High five. Let's get out of here." <laughs> so, but he's probably gonna probably gonna garner himself a fine on that one, no doubt. But yeah, I look, I Zach Tom could be one of those guys. Um, I like Luke Musgrave. I like Quay Walker. Jaden Reed. I would agree with. I, I really, really. Now, I don't. I will say this. I think Jaden Reed has a certain ceiling to his talent, but he gets every ounce out of it. And I assume over the next year or two, he's going to get better. And I like that. And he is a true slot receiver, but that guy works, man. He's got an initial move and he works. And I like that. I really do. Beyond that, I don't know. I don't know who else to say. I want to see more out of Devontae Wyatt, I, I you know. Lucas Van Ness, I want to see more out of. Just they got a, they got a lot of guys, you know. Um Jake says uh, Lucas Van Ness certainly looks the part. You're just waiting for his talent to catch up with his physique. You know what? Here's the thing. Brad Jones looked like he was going to run through brick walls. Dude looked like Char- Tarzan played like Jane. I don't want to hear about finesse and and I don't want to hear about physique. I want to hear about somebody that's got the snot running down their face in the cold and wants to beat your ass. That's what I want to hear about, especially from outside linebackers. You know, that that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear any more about how great he looks. Who cares? You know, doesn't matter. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Let's go to Rob listening to us in Stoddard. Rob, welcome to the program, man. What's going on?
3: Not a whole lot, just. Chilling out, doing homework, and calling the show now.
0: There you go. So, what you got? What you thinking today?
3: Well, first off, Packer fans, welcome to my world. This is every single year of my life as a Bears fan. Nothing new for me. (laughs) I want Tyson Bajant while you're at it.
0: Yeah. What, by the way, what homework are you doing?
3: American history.
0: Oh, boy. What are you studying?
3: Um,. We just got down to like, we're like in the 60s and all that, and I'm doing something about the 69 Miracle Mets.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. Got a sports vernacular. I like it. I like it. What else you thinking?
3: Well, don't get me started on the Brewers because that's just, I'm not ready for that.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I agree. The Bucks, well, I just watch basketball for something to do with friends. And, well. Jordan Love. It's the first interception. I'll give him benefit of doubt, roughly, because the DB did earn his paycheck there. The second one was brutal. Yeah, and could be worse. You could have to go to work and your boss be a Cowboys fan.
0: <laughs> and Dak Prescott is suddenly starting to play good good football too. Appreciate the phone call. I got to run for a break, but man, uh, good luck with the history, and I, I'd I'd love to see the uh, the study of the Mets too. The Miracle Mets, like that. Throwing some history out there. I thought he was going to be like into, you know, the marches of Martin Luther King or the assassination or the Cold War going back to the Kennedy era or something. And he's like, no, I'm doing some Mets stuff here. I'm going to talk some Miracle Mets. How are we looking? Okay. I, I was like going to say
1: that the 60s are not a decade that's short on crazy historical events. And this guy's right. The-,
0: <laughs> the Mets. I like
1: that. <laughs> I funny. like that. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I like that. There's
0: so much going on in history. When you talk about the 50s, the 60s, moving into the 70s, you've got even the the Nixon administration, uh, the fight in Vietnam, everything that was going on back home here, the Kent State killings. I mean, you got all that stuff, all that history, just dripping with it. Going with the Mets. I love that. Love it. Keep it in the sports vernacular. Uh, Let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Bottom of the hour, we have got our guy uh, Eric Baranchek is going to be joining us. Coming up next, you're going to hear a little bit of Matt LaFleur and his post-game presser, what he had to say after that yesterday. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Lux Golf Base. L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBase.com. That is LuxGolfBase.com. They are in Franklin. If you want to keep your game going, and there's still going to be some good weather floating around, you may be. I mean, there's been years that I've actually played some golf, even in December. You may be able to continue to play if the courses remain open. That's LuxGolfBase.com. Again, LuxGolfBase.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michaels Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows & Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows & Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy-efficient windows in the industry. 0% Zero percent interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PaloWI.com. restrictions apply. See showroom for
1: details. Offer 30, 2023. Mm-hmm.
0: Good to have you back. They have got uh, some really, really, really good music concerts coming up. And if you have not checked it out, go to ICHC.net. That is ICHC.net. And uh, check out the Irish Cultural Heritage Center in Milwaukee. They have got David, uh, David Franci coming up this weekend who is really good, but they have got Cassie and Maggie on Saturday night, December 2nd. Ashley Davis Band is going to be performing there on Friday night, the 8th, December 8th. Uh, The High 48s on Friday, December 15th. Chloe Agnew is going to be there on the 20th of December. Uh, January 27th, Emma Langford is going to be there. And then the night before... Uh, St. Patrick's Day. They have Cynthia coming up, and oh my goodness, I can't wait for that. Uh, by the way, February seventeenth is the Drowsy Lads, and they're really good, really good. But uh, yeah, boy, I, the the Celtic Tenors are going to be in March on March tenth, and then like I said, Cynthia the night before thing or er, the night before uh St. Patrick's Day. Oh boy, uh, we're gonna have a good time. We're going to that one for sure. We're going to be there at that one. Who knows? Maybe we'll take some people with us, but they have got a lot of events coming up. That's the ICHC, Irish Cultural and Heritage Center, right there on West Wisconsin Avenue. 30-plus years they've been doing it, 30-plus years, and great people down there, and they got a lot of Christmas shows coming up. So if you are into just good concerts, good music, nice relaxing night, that's the place to go. Beautiful, beautiful place the ichc ichc.net that is ichc.net or just call Corey for any one of those concerts 414-345-8800 414-345-8800 that is the ichc.net good good people um let's see here uh brandon says the charges are going to drop 50 this week um Ronald says, does uh, LaFleur have any stock in Kleenex? All the crying he does. Let's do this. We're going to hear from Matt LaFleur. Let's, let's take a listen to Matt LaFleur in the postgame yesterday. Here's Matt LaFleur talking to the media.
1: Um, obviously very disappointed. I thought our guys competed and battled hard, and but there are no more v- victories in this league, and you got to give Pittsburgh a ton of credit. Uh, we were right there at the end of the game and had an opportunity to go win the game and twice. Um, and like many times that we've seen on tape, their defense makes a play. They got two picks to, to kind of close it out. And um, I thought there was a lot of things that we did well in, in, in all three phases. And then there's some things that were just really killer. Uh, a couple plays here and there. Um, obviously, offensively, the, the turnovers in the red zone was, was a problem today. Defensively, stopping the run. We had way too many missed tackles. And then on special teams, anytime you get a PAT blocked, I mean, it, it just changes some of the decision-making at the end of a game where you're going for touchdowns instead of uh, having the option of kicking a field goal to tie the game up. Um, but I do think that there, there was a lot of good that came out of this in terms of just we knew we, we challenged our team to go out there and compete for four quarters, and I felt from the, the opening kickoff to the final whistle we, we did that. And um, I'm confident if we continue with this that we will end up on the other side of this. Yeah, I mean, he put us in position to win the game. We had an opportunity there. I thought, um, you know, when you, we moved, when we checked the ball down to Aaron Jones, I thought there was an opportunity to get out of bounds right there, and we didn't, and that was critical because that wasted a ton of time. Um, and it, it we would have had a couple opportunities at the end of the game. That was like 20 seconds or so. It felt like forever. He was trying to get us in a position where um, we were going to have one of the receivers chip the edge, that took too long. Uh, just the whole operation there was not good enough, um, but I did think he made a couple plays, a couple throws to put us in position to have a shot to at least take a shot at the end zone. Well, it's a play that we practice all the time um, as a end of game play, and you know most good defenses like Pittsburgh has, they're, they're going to defend the goal line, and you try to run uh, a corner out to flush a defender out of there and he hit basically an in-cut behind it and you know they didn't back up. Matthew, um,
2: did you get any clarification on any further clarification on the,
1: uh, the lateral of the, the pass? With any <laughs> that or not? I thought it was pretty clear to me but Somebody else felt differently, so I guess that's, that's the way it is. I guess I was wrong. Is
2: there anything you saw from your run defense I mean, two, in the last two weeks, you two and a half yards of play, and this week, 200 yards, anything you can kind of gather from
1: your run defense today? Yeah, a lot of missed tackles. Um, we knew where they were going to try to run the football, and they did it better than we did. They went out there and executed better than we did. We had a lot of calls designed to stop the run and – they were still gashing us, so um, it it certainly wasn't good enough Anytime I want to say what was it five five and a half yards a carrier roughly. Um, you know, you can't give up almost two hundred yards rushing in this league and expect to win football games. You regaining momentum at one point,
2: you know, in the third quarter, I think you had six or seven times you got on the field and third down, went ahead with the field goals. You feel like you were kinda of-
1: I did, but I thought we we kicked too many field goals. You know, we we when you get in position to go uh, score touchdowns, you got to convert. And you know, I got to go back and look at the tape and see why we got stopped. But uh, um, yeah, we just those are those are missed opportunities in my mind. Yeah, I thought our O-line battled. Um, That's a really good front. I mean, those are two, everybody knows about Watt as an edge rusher, but Highsmith is, I think he's just as dangerous. Um, You know, I know he doesn't have the sack numbers necessarily, but he's gotten a ton of pressure on the quarterback. Um, And then their interior does a really good job with the push. So it is a, a formidable front, one of the better fronts that we've seen. And I thought, you know, considering how many times we dropped back in this game, um, I thought our O-line did a pretty good job. Yeah, I thought that was a big-time play. I mean, it's fourth down, so you you just got to have another play in you. And, um, you know, I knew they were going to probably play off and soft, and we tried to chip their edges right there just to give them a little bit more time to maybe allow the play to develop. And, um, you know, I thought he did a nice job of of getting it to where it needed to go, and our guys got up on the ball in in a timely fashion with some urgency. But I really think the, the play that really hurt us, obviously, is just wasting so much time um, when we checked it down to Aaron Jones at the end of the first half with, with, uh, I think it was like 120 left or so kind of what was the thought going into that, that drive? And did it kind of just get affected by that first one? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we're going to we we wanted to start the play to get us into the 2-minute mode with a run. We threw the run solution and we lose 5 yards. So, second and 15. They had I, I want to say they had the majority of their timeouts if not all of them. Um, I didn't want to give them the ball back i thought we were playing hard it was a one possession game and when you're second and 15 it just uh quite frankly i was surprised that they didn't call a timeout. and then that would have kind of forced our hand a little bit but um you know i thought there was a lot of good things especially kind of weather in the storm i think we gave up what, what was it three the, their first three possessions i mean they got 17 points out of the first three possessions so being down and being able to claw back and have an opportunity i thought one of the big Turning points was when we went a three and out when we had the ball at midfield. Um, that was that was a you know uh, another miss op I would say when we had an opportunity to go in and take the lead right there uh, before the two minute drive. I didn't I didn't see it. I looked up and I and that's when I saw it. So I know this going into the game we coached uh, they, they're going to try to time up just the the snap and I don't know if that's exactly what happened but we're supposed to use um, like a a dummy snap count uh, in that situation Um, a lot of times they go off the our our holder's hand and so we wanted to throw it off a little bit and so I don't I got to go back and, and look at it Yeah, they clouded the coverage. Uh, They had a safety over the top. The corner made a good play on it. Um, Really, that's not the intent of the play in that situation. Um, Anytime you see a half field safety, we were running a double move on both the outside and the inside that was designed for single high defense. They played a shell. Uh, So I, I mean, I go back and look at it, but just thought that the ball needed to go backside. All right. Have a good
0: night. There you go. Have a good night. That was it. Uh, breaking down the uh, the loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll break it down even further. Coming up next, we're going to be talking with our guy Eric Brancheck of the Green Bay Press Gazette is going to join us. We'll chat with him next on the Bill Michael Show. Stay right where you're at.
4: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket.
0: This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio
2: Network.
0: Good to have you back. Packers knocked off yesterday. Get beat by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now what? Now what? Not a great, uh, not a great day. I mean, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, some things were better, but they didn't play a full four quarters. Some of the same problems persist. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's a few guys I don't even think I'd have uh, suiting up next week. Josiah Aguaro, you can just let him go. He doesn't really add much. And uh, Christian Watson apparently can't catch. And uh, that's a requirement for a wide receiver. And, uh, yeah, there's been some balls that have been underthrown and overthrown and all that kind of stuff. But when it does get to him, he's, he's got drops. Uh, to talk more about it, Eric Branchek at the Green Bay Press-Gazette now joining us on the hotline. Eric, how are you doing today?
4: Oh, I'm doing pretty darn good. Thanks for having me on. I
0: appreciate it. Good so, uh, yeah, you know, I, I was really encouraged. I saw them come out. They had fight. They had some vigor. Uh, offensively speaking, uh, the defense got chewed up uh, 17 points in the first half. But you thought, you know what? They played better in the second half. And they did enough to win in the second half. And three bites of the apple garner you nothing more than three points and a couple of interceptions. And, you know it just uh they just can't play a full four quarters of a football game for whatever reason,
4: you're right, they can't, and hopefully uh hopefully this is all good learning experience that they can uh, take forward into next season
0: and now I'm listening this morning uh all over I was trying to get as much local talk as I could and the The whole thing about youth just burns me. We're, we're nine games into this thing, and the only area that they're young at is at the wide receiver, the tight end position. Other than that, like, look, just stop with all the youth because the only reason they got younger was because they got rid of a bunch of old dudes. So the youth thing, throw it out the window. At what point then should we flip the switch and say, okay, we've gone from youth to guys that should know what the hell they're doing?
4: Well, I think right now, absolutely. I, I totally understand what you're saying, and I, I agree to it. Um, on the offensive side of the football, the the youth side is uh those guys gotta get it together. And and I think there's some bright spots. I mean, Dobbs, the youth thing doesn't uh is not showing up. I mean that catch he made in the end zone was, was remarkable. He's he's shown mm-hmm. throughout the season that you know, he can make the tough catches along the sideline, get get his feet down. You know, hey, that's that's good stuff there. Uh you know, the Wicks kid, where'd this guy come from? you know i i think he deserves a a much more big of the apple uh you know by an apple going forward in the offense especially on anything that they want to throw throw deep and if they want to throw um you know thing you know the like the, the throw to uh, Mr. Watson where he um had kind of a blundering uh uh route that he ran and ended up in an INT you know those are those are things that you know what you son you've had your chance it's time now to move on Throw Christian Watson the slants. Throw him the crossing stuff over the middle where he can catch it and run on the football. Uh, if there's if you see another color anywhere within five yards of him, don't throw it. Um, throw it when he's extremely wide open and let him then use his uh, his his God's given gift to go after and run the and, and run around. You know he's a super fast guy. Go do it. You just can't throw it to him in traffic because as a wide receiver coming from a small program, he doesn't have those skills that he's going to need to be really good in those those situations so throw it to the other guys and just you know move on it's, it's time to go and I think the same thing that be said on the offensive line there's a fellow there that might be playing his way out of the lineup too so there's 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 some things to feel really good about and some things that you know what you got to throw your hands up and say you know what young man you had your chance now we're going to do something different
0: I talked about it at the beginning of the show. I sit here and I look at coaches and emphasis on being dogs in the fight and on and on and on and guys that just have this tenacity. And then again, it may just be the level of talent that they've acquired. But there are teams you can look at and say, that team is just going to beat your ass if you let them. And they don't give two Fs about it. Is this team that kind of team?
4: I don't know. Now, listen, there's there's something that happened yesterday and and – I realize in today's society, what I'm about to say is probably on the fringe. But you know what? When Zach Tom ran that guy out of bounds and trucked him at the end, I felt good about that, you know, because that's what this yeah. team is missing. The team does not have that. Who, who on that team are you afraid of? Who, you know, you look at the Steelers, you got a couple guys there, and I'll tell you what, that Roberts, that linebacker, that, I don't want to block that guy. That guy comes to the party full, fully loaded. You know, and he, and he is a physical guy. Who's the guy on the Packers that is that you're afraid of? Who's the guy that's gonna you would wanna go now? I'm saying not advocating we can get in a bar fight, but I'm just saying, Bill, if you and I are at Stennis and it comes time and we have to get in a fight, who is who on the Packers would you want on your on your on our side? I don't right? know. Exactly But I tell you what, I thought that was That was good. And you saw his teammates come in there and kind of, they didn't mix it up. They didn't lose their heads, but they were, they were there. And I'm hoping that that is kind of a, uh, a cat, a catalyst to the future. That, you know what, we're going to, we have got to be more physical and we have got to bring, we, when we go to the party, we got to be fully loaded. And I just don't know if they, maybe it's youth or just, they just don't have that bad guy on their team. You know, but they got to find it because that is going to be what's going to make them different. So you look at the way the Steelers play football on defense. Holy cow, they're a physical team. You know, you look at the Ravens. Other some of you know, a handful of teams that you can just pick up. They're physical. They're going to beat you up, and and that's what needs to happen. And that's where this team can, if they can get that, I think they're going to be okay. You know what? They can lose the rest of the season. That part doesn't faze me. I mean, they're not going to because they got to play some 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 teams that. Certainly, they're going to lose. But what you want to see, is, what I want to see particularly, is incremental improvement. And you're going to have some weeks where they take a step back. But what they did yesterday, and they, they built off of the Rams, they, and they got a little bit better, and now hopefully next week they get a little bit better in a couple areas, and it just keeps getting better. I mean, the reality is this is a rebuild. They're going through a rebuild. So to get emotionally excited because they are losing, you know, yeah, it sucks as a fan. I get that. But if you're looking at this analytically from where they're at and what talent they have and where they're going, yesterday was a positive step forward. They didn't they didn't get there, but maybe next time they will.
0: Here's my question, and you bring this up, and I heard this this morning about the rebuild. First of all, at this point in time, I'm done. I don't care anymore other than the fact that they're going to have free money next year, but what constitutes a rebuild? Because all I saw was they don't have enough talent that's been acquired by the general manager to fortify after they lose the, the elder statesman, if you will, of this team. So they get young by osmosis because they cut the dead wood or the old wood. So what then is technically a rebuild?
4: Well, I think the first and foremost one is the guy who's, who's taking the snaps. I mean, they, they I have – they definitely have have made a decision there that they're going to not keep Aaron Rodgers, and and to move on to another guy. So that there is a rebuild, that right there. And the offensive, their their philosophy is slightly different than it has been. But they got a bunch of new faces, and they're developing for the long term um, to have guys that can be there for a second contract. And you look at their wide receiver core. I expected. Now this is me. I expected them to be further ahead. My I circled on the date week eight that they ought, that their receivers and that group offensively would be better. Um, they're they're not where I expected them to be, but I still think they can be a really dangerous outfit in the future, the rest of the season if they utilize their talent correctly, um, and that's on the coaches. And I do think they got to do a few, you know, they got to understand where they are long-term. I mean, you got a guy in the offensive line that gets trucked by a linebacker and misses a, misses a key block that would have been a touchdown in a, in a close game. You know, maybe you got to say, hey, listen, I'm going to stick the young guy in there and see what he can do, you know, and see if we need to draft more than one offensive lineman. And not having uh, Bakhtiari when they were coming in, you know, expecting him to play, 14, 15 games and not have them, you know, only have them for one. I think that's, that was a, a tough call. But I think the way they're rebuilding is they're they are just not just wiping out the, uh, the locker room and start over. They've kind of done it in a way that they could still be competitive-ish and yet get these guys where they need to be because all the good ones, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, I mean, you Nick, how about Driver? Their first two years in the league, they weren't very special, but they developed into special players. And I think they have the same thing happening with that wide receiver core, with Wicks, with Dobbs. You can, you can, you know, read for sure, and you can hope, you can speculate that Watson's going to figure it out or just utilize him different.
0: Talking with Eric Peranjek of the, uh, the Green Bay Press Gazette. So that leads me down two different paths here, real quick, because you, your one thought took me off of my other thoughts. So okay. So I can agree with you that I like Jaden Reed. I think Dontavian Wicks has something there. Who knows if Romeo Dobbs does? I don't know about the rest. Christian Watson, like you said, there's only a certain way you can utilize him because he's just not there, and he's, like, aggravating just to watch at times. And I even watch him when he's away from the ball and the guy doesn't go full bore. So it bothers me with, with what he's putting out there right now on tape. However, if they don't have the right guy throwing them the ball, will they develop? Well,
4: that's that's a really good point that you just made there. So against the Rams in previous week for that, you saw the quarterback not uh, in my the way I say it passing the ball. You know, when you're in the backyard, you're just passing it. What I saw yesterday was much different. When I saw I saw him talented um, use of the pocket. Of being able to, one of the things that was that made Aaron Rodgers really great was not only did he step up in the pocket, but to get out of pressure and to, and to buy some time, he would slide right or left. Pre- predominantly, he would slide to his right. But you saw it yesterday with Jordan Love slide to his, life, to his left, throw a deep pass to Reed, and complete it fantastic phenomenal the play that a lot of people i don't think put a lot of weight into was the play where he was getting sacked and through with his left hand it did a couple of things a it stopped the clock and b avoided the sack phenomenal play for a young player phenomenal play being able to run the ball get out of bounds and stop the clock and get ready for another down tremendous play showed poise showed the ability is it going to get better if you look at the previous couple weeks compared to yesterday he's gotten better at a couple of things if he can in his throwing he, he his accuracy everybody wants to complain about his accuracy yesterday when he just let it rip was much better than it has been and so the trajectory of of improvement between the rams and the steelers was incredible you know i i thought that was a tremendous step forward for him and will it continue that's rain remain to be seen but the, the the pattern is there that he will get better and some of the passes that were dropped are incomplete you know the Watson one in the end zone that was mm-hmm. had nothing to do with the throw that was the route he got pushed inside if you if you go back and watch that play he turns out and heads up the sideline the difference between Jordy Nelson Devontae Adams Donald Driver Robert Brooks is that instead of being pushed to the sideline, those guys are leaning into that D-back. So when the ball comes, he's got more room to move and get the football. Whereas where he's getting sandwiched to the sideline, the ball is thrown in the right spot, and now it's a cluster to go get the ball. Those are the little things that make receivers receivers in the NFL. And at Division I, AA, or whatever they're calling it now, you just run by the guy because no one on the field is faster than you. Right. That's the difference. You've got to learn to play a receiver. And I think the quarterback position, he has, he has come a, a, a ways. Is he perfect? No. Nope. Has he got some work? Absolutely. But if I had a young – there are very few young quarterbacks in the league that I would take ahead of him if I'm just looking at the young guys.
0: Real quick before I let you go, and i got to ask you this. At what point at this you know juncture of your season do you start to really evaluate what kind of talent you have on the field? And what that talent, like you, we, we had talked about when you talk about the, you know, the fight and the dog and the dog and the fight. At what, at what point do you go, I, I don't know if this team has a lot of talent. And it's not like Brian Gutikins just took over. He's been good in bringing in free agents, the Preston Smith, the Darius Smith, Devondre Campbell, Adrian Amos. But with the draft level of talent, 13 draft choices this year and a bunch more coming, at what point do you go, I don't know if this team's loaded with talent, if the drafts have really been as good as we'd hoped they would be.
4: I think you got a point to make there. But on the side of the defense, you know, if I'm looking at the defensive side of the football, is it talent or is it the coordinator? I mean, you got a ball on the freaking six-yard line or four-yard line, whatever it was. They come out with six offensive linemen, and you're standing there in your nickel and don't call timeout? Is that the, is that the players or is that the right. coordinator? Yep. So that's my point to that. So that's my argument. Do I think they have a, they need some more talent on defense? Probably. Uh, yes, I, I think they do, but I think they got some young talent that's, that's coming along. Uh, Lucas Van Ness is, is, is much better playing the run against the, than even Gary. Uh, so you, you know, is he as skilled a pass rusher? Not today. Uh, you got some young guys that can get after the quarter quarterback that are in down in the trenches. you got some guys, you get, you finally got a big ugger that can play the one technique or the zero technique and, and eat up blocks. And and does it pretty good. Um, The challenge is you don't have a thumper at linebacker. You got a a guy who's coming off an ankle injury. That's a step slow than what he used to be. And then you got an undersized linebacker right now. And then when the the stutter comes back, you got a guy that can run, but isn't real physical. So, Yes, you got to improve some talent there, and you got to improve some talent at the safety position. But all in all, I don't know if it's talent as much on the defensive side of the ball as it is about the coordinator.
0: Always good, my friend. I appreciate it, and uh, we will talk again next week. And hopefully, we're talking about some kind of a win because uh, man, they need one. But they got some tough games coming up, no doubt.
4: Oh. They, they're staring down the barrel we're staring down the barrel of three losses and it could be real ugly here but if yeah. they look good and it comes down to the end of the game against Chargers and they come up short i think you got to feel pretty good about it but you know like i said it, everything is is judged by wins and losses and um you know they they got to they got to pull out three or four more wins in this season and i i think yesterday's game was one of those wins where they it could have been one of the surprise wins and now all those surprise wins, I think, are getting tougher and tougher to win. Uh, but let's hope that there's a surprise next uh, next week over there uh, in, in Green Bay against the Chargers that are coming in.
0: No doubt. Good stuff, Eric. We'll talk to you soon.
4: All right. Take care.
0: Thanks, pal. There you go. Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. You can find his stuff there. Find his stuff there. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is The Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows & Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows & Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy-efficient windows in the industry. Zero percent interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at paladwi.com.
1: To for details. In 2023.
0: Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael's show. We continue on. Uh, here's a statistic for you. Christian Watson. Christian Watson, out of everybody, everybody that has attempted to make a catch this year in the national football that he got of the wide receiving core. Everybody. 184 receivers at one point or another have caught a pass. Everybody, where do you think, out of 184 receivers, does Christian Watson rank in completion and catch percentage? Out of 184 receivers, think about it. I'll tell you the answer when we come back. Stay tuned. Got more to Bill Michael show next.